Welcome to the Pool House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pool House Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jake Robbins, and I'm here with my co-host, Andy. How are we doing? <laughs> we'll, we'll nail that down one day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's work in progress, isn't it? It is a work in progress. So what are we going to dive into? Let's uh, let's try and keep it short, concise and sweet. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about our process in, you know, we spent years trying to get to a point when we were ready to release our own music and try and analyse why we found that so hard. What did you find was the hardest thing for you to actually hit go and be like, this is my first song I'm going to put out? So I think the hardest thing is is thinking it's actually any good. The, the scenarios we're in now where it's just when we're on our own, like previously, it's obviously you've got the the rest of the band or other people as your sort of soundboard that you can vibe off and you make a collective decision that the song is ready, the song is finished and the song is good. Whereas right now it's... It's, it's you're making the decisions. Is it good? You're making a decision. Is it mixed well? You're making decisions. Does it sound right? So I think it does just get to the point where you're like, I cannot think about this anymore. So I may as well release it. Otherwise, I'm just putting myself in such a bad place by not releasing it. So I think you do hit that. And then I think it's just a case of understanding that the first thing is never going to be great. And it's very, very unlikely that it's going to blow up and you're going to be the biggest thing in the world. But you just need to get it done. You need to get started. So I think we had a conversation um, about that. And once that was sort of set in my mind, it, it was a case of just just hit and go, send it to master. And then what will be will be from there. And I'm happy where we are now. Yourself? Yeah, I mean, I guess our projects are slightly different. Yours, you mentioned last time, you don't sing so that isn't an aspect where you need to be comfortable with it's more you need to find samples and things you can use uh, from my point of view like every melody I write doesn't sound great with my voice I'm not like the best singer so I have to try and find ones that work with me and ones that I feel I can put across in a quote-unquote cool way or something that I feel puts me across the way I want to it's pretty much always my biggest challenge after writing an instrumental is I don't want to say it's easy but you can get it to a point but then when you're left with your voice which is essentially your identity when you're like a solo vocalist that's really quite tough you know get to the point where you're like this is cool like this is me this is the coolest version of me and I I still go through that with every song (laughs) I've been uh trying to navigate you know different styles to try because also I'm massively into hip-hop and it's a huge influence however I don't rap so you know one of the things I developed was kind of like talking aspect to what I do which weirdly is like when I feel coolest you know, <laughs> when yeah. I'm singing, it's fairly limited. So that was that was a big challenge. And yes, it's something I still have to struggle with for every song. It's like starting again and being like, okay, I've got this instrumental that I'm really into, but how do I make the vocal delivery as cool as the instrumental? When do you know 
And how do you know? Um, normally it's something I can deliver with ease, but that's not necessarily where my brain goes to for like melodies straight away. It's normally something way, <laughs> way out of my league. And then I'll try find something I can listen back to without cringing. And then after that, I'll try mold it into something I actually like the sound of. But, you know, I'm still learning which is like my preferred key. I don't know, as I've got older, I'm singing in a lower key. It's getting lazier. And uh, yeah, basically, (laughs) but um, kind of the lazier vocal, I think, suits me better anyway. You know, I'm not quite mumble rapping, but yeah, that's, that's something I think I'll continue to battle with. But... Each song I do, I will put a stamp on, this is what I do. So I am growing in confidence with that. So what one thing one thing I do, and I don't know if this is similar for you at all, but is when you first start writing a song, a track or anything like that, I, I normally throw the kitchen sink at it, everything. So every melodic idea, every every beat, everything is just in it. And then I step away and then come back. I don't know, is that something that, works with you do you do you pile it in and like idea 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 step out of it step out of the room step away from it and come back and then with a clear mind do you find it easier because i find it so much easier coming back and be like well that bit's obviously rubbish that shouldn't do that this should feel like this and etc etc i used to do that um i do that when i'm strictly doing production definitely but when I'm writing for myself, I try my hardest not to get suckered into doing the easy things, i.e. playing around with sounds, because the thing I struggle with is lyrics and top line, like I just spoke about, to get something that is me and I feel strongly about from my personal point of view. So recently, I've been trying to just focus on that whether it's stripping it back as much as possible and then once I'm like I've got a full top line you know a vocal I'm happy with and the chords I will then build on top of it and then I'll throw the kitchen sink at it and then I'll pass it on to you to do final bits but (laughs) yeah I guess it's that age-old thing as well again let us know but lyrics and melody first or track first. I think a lot of people do one or the other or or either either. I don't know. I think I, I definitely have to start with a track where I feel like I can see where this can go. But then, I mean, the amount of times I'll get the initial thing, you know, I'll get the initial idea and the initial vocals and then I just can't get a verse and I just can't get this. That happens all the time. You're left with a song for six months and you're just like, oh, I'll leave it for a bit and I'll come back. Or you're like, no, I'll sit here for three days. And you try every which way of trying to get over the line. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not easy. I want to go back to also why it was so hard. Like one thing that holds most people back is just having a name. Names are hard. Most names are taken. But yeah, like... I've been writing for years before I had a name which I was like I can stand by that even though it's kind of doesn't mean that much that's one of the things that really gave me an excuse because until I have a name well it kind of doesn't matter and it's just like years and years and yeah it's not real and 
making things real, whether it's messing around with a piece of art and putting a name on it and you're like, this is kind of cool, that helps you commit. It took me a long time to get to that point and that was a big struggle and excuse for, oh, you're not ready yet, you're not ready yet, you're not ready yet. Once I sort of figured that side of it out, actually the other bit kind of, oh, you've really got no reason to put this off anymore. Yeah. With your name... I don't know how long you thought about it for. How long did you I guess this is where where me and you are quite different in the way we, I don't know, go about things. Things like names and artworks and everything like that just is really quite far down on my list of give a shit about. But yeah, so the 1816 came purely from, I saw somewhere about Beethoven going deaf. I mean, I I didn't learn about that recently. I knew that he went deaf, but... (laughs) But uh, it came to me and I just wondered what year he went deaf. And so Googled it and that was the first result. I don't even know if it's right. But what made you do that? Well, I just thought, like, this guy writes, like, these amazing sort of symphonies. And then to do the majority of, I think it is the majority, or half of his works whilst being deaf, you must have such an understanding of music that I probably you will never ever get to 99% of the population of musicians will never get to like being to know it that much to know that if you write a little dot on this line a little dot on this line how it would sound and how it would make an audience feel and so I was like this guy's doing this is deaf I mean this is a, a monumental date for music is what I thought and I thought what date is that 1816 I love that I mean I love the, I love the name and I love what's behind it it's it's great but you know yeah. I, I love how you know the funny thing is almost because you didn't put too much pressure on it you came out with a really cool thing <laughs> yeah know? quite possibly yeah um, I yeah, mean yeah. my name is incredibly simple it sounds like just a normal name but I struggled for many a year I like I always was like I'm not putting it out under my real name. Did you did you trial different first names and different second names? Was there a while when it was like Vincent Smith and you were like, nah, that don't work. And then you tried like Barry George and you were like, oh, that's almost it. <laughs> no, uh, no, not at all. Um, do you know where it comes from? It comes from the Caribbean islands, St. Vincent and St. George's flag, which is basically... My mum and my dad making me. That's where the name comes from, Vincent George, right? And that story behind it made it all make sense, even though the name itself is easy to remember, but I needed that something to hold on to. Every other name I was just like plucking out the air just didn't work for me. So even though it's like an actual person's name, you weren't necessarily thinking you wanted to call yourself a normal person's name but the story gave you an actual name basically yeah exactly because i thought about using saint in there but yeah i don't know it just saint robbins could have been really good (laughs) 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 maybe a little bit too biblical and self-important but i like it it's funny like you go through all these ideas and you think about it for years and years and years and it's got a lot of meaning for myself but to anyone else it's just literally a name i mean i always revert back to blink 182 yeah i mean no exactly your name is from what you've just spoken about is so much more interesting than that but (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Names are weird. The other thing I found really hard personally with starting my own project was being a producer by day, always working for other bands. I felt guilty for working on my own music. I was like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be finishing the projects that people are paying me for. The thing with being creative, whether it's a creative service or whatever it is, the length of time something takes is not nine to five. So there's always something to do. Whether it was a weekend, I felt like, oh yeah, but I should be pushing that production further. Eventually, you know, the lockdown thing did help. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where I was like, if I don't do this now, I never will. And now that I have released three songs, it's now something I just do. And I think others around me know that. So it's like giving me validation. Um, with you, like you being in Natives as well, was that something you struggled with? Like, should I be writing my own thing or should it be, you know, going into a box for Natives? Yeah, I mean, good question. I suppose essentially anything... I ever do could be a native song or or now an 1816 song so I never when starting I never put it into a box I never say this is going to be or maybe more so now maybe this is going to be an 18 song this is going to be a native song so at the very start so previous to this year or a couple of years ago I would just start and whatever would come out would either go in the natives secret folder or would go in another thing since naming 1816 and sort of finding a direction for that, I can now start 1816 songs and native songs. Fortunately, recently, well, we haven't been writing native songs. So I didn't have that, that guilt of if I'm writing something, it should be native. So thankfully, that hasn't crept into it. But obviously, once the natives album is released we well we've been speaking about writing anyway recently so there will be that what do i do what do i not do again but again i just think i can use whatever i write for whoever so yeah currently i don't have it but i can i can understand exactly where you're coming from and and i know that i probably will get it and i also get the the guilt feeling of like i need to be writing something so like if i if i don't do music at all one week say I'm on holiday or anything, I get really uptight that I've forgotten how to do it. And I don't know why I just always do. I'm like, oh no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to forget what I'm doing. I'm not going to be able to write anything ever again. So I try to do something every day or every two days, but there's that guilt and worry of forgetting how to do it that comes with it, which is totally nonsensical. doesn't really make sense. I've never forgotten how to do it. I've always written another track or song, but yeah, there is all that that comes with producing and writing. I totally, I totally agree. Moving forward, now that we consider ourselves artists, we've got something that is actually real. Moving into like the fourth release, fifth release, have you noticed a change in the way you think <laughs> this massive hurdle, which was releasing your first song, does it seem really stupid now that you're just in your fourth song and it's just... Yeah, I mean, totally stupid, totally irrational. I would uh, encourage anybody who has sat on, like me, literally hard drives of material to just pick one and release it like the next thing you write is always better than the thing that 
you've just written. It just, it just is. I'm not saying that as in like actually better, but newer stuff and like it will just feel better. So for me, yeah, that hurdle. Oh yeah, I couldn't encourage anyone enough just to just to release and start. What I've tried to do is a song a month, and purely like I mean I wouldn't necessarily encourage that, but that's purely because I want to get stuff off of my hard drive. Technically, it's still on the hard drive. Yeah, I get it. But what I mean by it can just be put away and forgotten. It's done. It's released. It's finished. And I like to do that very quickly. So a lot of the songs that I release will probably be written a month to two months before the release. And I kind of keep that conveyor belt going. So I stay on the excitement level because another thing that I think is hard when you're an artist is having a song that you think is really good, waiting for the perfect time to release it and it's never quite the right time and this isn't quite right or that isn't quite right. And by the time you release it, you've written five other songs and you're not really vibing that song that much anymore. So yeah, from my point of view, I would definitely encourage you to get the first one out and just try and get on that conveyor belt of just writing and releasing stuff. And then you find yourself just just doing it after that. And everything stays exciting. Like your song that you release is fresh and exciting. You you want to tell more people about it. Yeah, and, and that is just a way I, I feel is healthy at the moment and sort of smart way to sort of release music. I find it funny because after getting over that huge hurdle and releasing your first song, which naturally has quite a lot of attention from family and friends feels great you know it's a big relief it's a release in many ways and to everyone at that point it's new oh my god like you know jake's actually put out a song for the first time in 10 years you get to the like fourth song or third song and kind of no one cares anymore yeah so that's why i say why it's so important just to keep things fresh because it's only you that's excited about them yeah and then the strange thing is you just build up such a you know it's such a big deal for yourself and and naturally you're very exposed it can be judged but to everyone else like it's just a song it is quite funny because you get to your second and third song and it's like you don't want to be banging the same drum being like listen to my song listen to my song i mean i actually don't want people to just politely listen to my songs i want to find people that want to listen to my songs Mm, um and and that's actually my goal for the next year is to keep my head down be consistent and try and find an audience which actually wants to hear what i do next rather than friends and family which i do really appreciate who politely listen but it's not the same as waiting for your favorite artist to release a song you have to hear it you know friends and family are obliged to be interested yeah which is not the same as i don't know what if you want to call it a fan or a, a follower or somebody being actually interested in you yeah and i'm not trying to sound ungrateful but um that's that's the target for me even if it's you know 50 people over the next year which really feel like i can build you know a little fan base a community as a part of this you know like we spoke about in the last episode something which i don't know helps people feel like they understand each other they understand what i'm talking about where i come from that will give me more fuel to keep going at the moment it's yeah you get little little things that give you boosts um and what's actually got me to this point is only doing it because i want to but when you put 
a lot into things, you just want to have that little hub of people to feel that, you know, straight away you're going to get 100 people listening. That's the next aim for me. And I think it's really just about playing the long game. You know, it used to be a single or an EP was such a huge thing. Whereas nowadays, 60,000 songs uploaded to Spotify every day. There's many different forms of entertainment. It's harder to get, you know, to capture that attention. But I feel like if I could just build that small community, I feel like, you know, I'd be so rewarded through every song I ever release. I think I think that's the way that a lot of people should work. I think you should start in the in the micro of it, like you say with 50 or, or whatever, just start small with things that are sort of controllable for yourself because that's another reason why you won't release is because you're thinking that it needs to be perfect to reach all these people or like you say 60,000 songs a day. You think anyone's listening to your song? No, they're not. So it's like you got to get right in the small scenario and then, and then I think scale it. And I think scale it to where, where it's sensible. It's like consistently getting it right as well, because if you can prove to yourself and prove to someone who's heard one of your songs that every time it's quality, I'm not saying they're going to love the song as much as the other, but every time it's quality and, oh, actually what's been said here is cool or like how he made that song is cool or different or unusual, then you're more likely to emotionally invest in that person. That's how I work. I keep having to tell myself to identify when I get suckered into an artist. Um, And it's usually I'll find one song and then I'll take a deep dive. And if they can show me consistency and then I can go on the socials, I'm pretty much hooked because it's like a, you know, it's a little window into what they do. But if I peek through that window and I like more of what I see, that's when I'm I'm going to stick around sort of thing. And again, another another perfect reason of why of just getting over that first release hurdle is so important. When somebody looks through that window, if you've just got one song or not much content, for example, I mean, I'm not advocating that I'm the king of content because I'm literally the worst, uh, terrible at it. But if you look on your Spotify profile and you've got five or six songs and somebody can then listen, listen again and dive into, I think you stand yourself in a better place for that person to be engaged. So not releasing just leaves you on the bench and you can't score from the bench. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you said there about saying you're not the best at content and whatever. Well, that's kind of what this podcast is also for. Like if we can talk ourselves into doing things and identifying what we're not good at, then we're going to get a lot out of it. 100%. Lastly, I want to just say, going back to finding an audience, I think why it's so hard these days is I feel music taste has got broader and more niche at the same time. I think more people listen to different kinds of music, but what they actually love within those different kinds of music is quite niche. So... I think it's really hard to pin down what your own sound is, first of all, to then put that onto other people. I mean, how would you describe my Vincent George project? And it's okay to say you don't know. The whole genre thing is is just insanely tough as well. And I'll park my point that I was going to say for after this. But yeah, so Vincent George would probably be 
guitar-driven uh, alternative pop. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So even that, like, it's not I do this anymore. It's like, you know, I want it to be me and I have many different influences, but what comes out, the easiest thing is like it's modern pop. When you're submitting to playlists... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, what does that even mean? So, yeah, until you get to a point where you have a following and it kind of doesn't matter. You know, you could also argue, should you be playing the game and fitting into more boxes to get your leg up? You know, because it's, it's, it's a really weird thing. You know, sometimes this week I had an interview with the Dubai radio station and they featured me right next to Macklemore and Ed Sheeran. And I'm like, I wouldn't think my stuff is that pop. However, they've sat me next to that, which is amazing. But maybe it's what I listen to, which is way more like anti-pop or... I know I have a pop ear, but what you identify with is like kind of what you perceive yourself as. But, but once you've released it, the decision's made by the listeners anyway, isn't it? It is. So It is. But it's... Uh, when you're putting your name out there to blogs, PR, playlists, they want you to know exactly who you are. <laughs> so yeah, I know who I'm, I know the influences I'm pulling from, but what it is to your average listener is very hard to know. I guess that's because I'm really small as well. So if I was a bigger artist it would just be pop and it'd be accepted for what it is i mean pop's so broad isn't it popular music you know from your point of view you're in dance music yet how to identify what kind of dance music is really difficult i mean yeah i mean i'd like to say if anyone wants to go to mine or jake's spotify's and have a listen and, and tell us what it is that would be wonderful because i absolutely hate it when you are when you're pitching tracks or like you say in, in interviews or blogs or anything like that, when you have to describe what you are. I don't know why. I've just always haven't liked that. You feel like you pull from so many different influences. It's like, you're telling me I've got to give you three words that describe this. <laughs> that's very narrow-minded of you, interviewer person. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's normal for any artist. I don't think many artists like that question. But yeah, like Andy said, please let us know. Help us out identify what we are <laughs> that'd be really helpful andy i don't know if you have a song of the week well i, I can't really pronounce his name but his name is finn askew so that's finn f-i-n-n and then askew a-s-k-e-w and the song is tokyo tell us a bit more about the song so actually it kind of does remind me of vincent george a bit um Maybe not like exactly that, but it comes from a place where I don't know if he's a rapper or if he's a singer. Yeah, so it's like, it's kind of like a hybrid song, but it's like, I came across it. I don't know where I heard it. Maybe New Music Radar or New Music Friday or something. It just had a, it just had a vibe to it. And I was like, do you know what? That's going to be my track of the week. Yeah, so if you want to get in contact and tell us what you want to hear, what you want us to talk about, please let us know. Uh, poolhouseproducers at gmail.com you can find me on instagram at vincent x george where can we find you andy so king of content you can find me at 
1816. Thanks for listening. It's very cool. The uh, messages I personally got. I don't know whether you got any, Andy. Um, just saying people are very excited about where this is going to go. Yeah. And uh, if you've listened to this, thanks a lot. We hope you have a good weekend. Thank you. And yeah, peace and love and all that jazz. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs>